afternoon and welcome back to Faith FM. You are here with Chapo. And Bethany. And you are listening to The Marriage Project where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. This That's is a right. special... What, what is it? Is it an episode? I don't know what you call it when you're on the radio. A hosting? It's uh I guess if you're listening to the podcast version later on, it's an episode. But if you're yes. listening live, it's uh, just a, a time. But this is the seventh time or the seventh episode or the seventh moment of being together here for the Marriage Project. That's right. And seven is a pretty big deal. Not as far as radios go, but in the Bible it <laughs> exactly. is. Exactly. And that's what I'm talking about. And that's, I guess, what our show is about in many ways, is about the Bible. And seven is a big deal in the Bible. So, because this is our seventh time with you on The Marriage Project, we wanted to talk about seven and the way that seven impacts your marriage. Is that what we want to talk about? <laughs> maybe maybe clarify things Well, a we had a little bit of a debate about what we were going to title this, so I thought that it would be really nice to call what we're talking about today cultivating rest in your marriage, but you had a different idea. Yeah, us. I really wanted to call it Sabbathing in marriage. But I was opposed to that because Sabbathing isn't a word. But I wanted to make it a word. You wanted to invent a word well, for today. Yes. Well, it kind, of, it kind of is a word. Sabbath in Sabbath is a word in Sabbath the Bible. Sabbath is a word. And we'll spend a bit of time talking about that today. Yeah. yeah. But and I, I guess- don't know if it's a verb. I don't know if it's an ing word. Well My I'm, grammar Nazi's coming in here. I'm gonna try to prove you wrong in just okay. a little while. All right, cool. So what have we got coming up? All right, so we're coming up, we're talking about what is Sabbath? What does that word even mean? Yep. Why is it in the Bible? The purpose of Sabbath and how you can apply the concept of Sabbath to your marriage. Yeah. So Sabbath is the celebration, the weekly celebration that happens on the seventh day of the week that is when we worship, when we honour God and acknowledge God. And it has been that way, like, according to the Christian tradition and what we believe since the dawn of time. Yeah, according um, to Genesis, since the first week was ever created, that was the institution of a week of a seven-day period, and God wanted to celebrate that seven number with us as a reminder of his involvement and connection with us in our lives. Yeah, yeah. like I said, seven is a big deal. Um, throughout all of Scripture, there's this seven just keeps on popping up. Like even the very first verse in the very first book of the Bible, so Genesis 1-1, there are seven Hebrew words in that first verse. And each one of those words has um, letters that is divisible by seven. Um, It's just, and all throughout Genesis and then into the rest of the Bible, there's all these patterns of seven. Uh, Even into the New Testament, seven is just a big deal. Seven means essentially completion, maturity, fullness. It's that symbolic I guess, number that symbolise something is whole. Yes, yeah. that's right. And that's why we see the seven-day week and that's we see creation was a seven-day process. So, seven is just this thing that just keeps on coming back and coming yeah. and come back all through Scripture. So, when you look in Genesis, you have the first six days where God is creating something and he created all of the earth as we know it out of chaos and nothingness. And then when it was finished on the seventh day, it was complete, it was mature, it was full, it was done yep. and it was perfect and so on that seventh day God's presence is with humanity and he fills creation with himself and he connects with the things that he has created including us human yeah. beings yeah so the way we I guess most directly see this uh, acknowledged is the weekly Sabbath yes. that you can read about 
from well from the beginning of Genesis. Um yeah. where you can find it in Genesis, you can find it in the Ten Commandments, you can find it in Exodus chapter sixteen. That's a few places if you want to get a handle on it in yeah. the Old Testament. Yeah. And so just speaking about this idea of weekly Sabbath, and people might be wondering what on earth does the Sabbath have to do with marriage? Well just bear with us because <laughs> we are gonna get there. But the purpose of Sabbath, what do you understand? What was the purpose of Sabbath when it was given by God? Um, the purpose of Sabbath when it was given by God was to connect humanity to one another and to connect humanity to God, yeah. but also to create an opportunity for us to recognize that we aren't what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important thing. I've heard some people say the idea that, you know, like you would have expected God to build something when he was finishing the, the work of creation. So he makes this incredible earth. It's full. It's inhabited by living creatures. It's full of majestic, wonderful things. Where is the big temple that he made? Or where is the um the castle, the house, the, the castle, palace, the house, yeah. the altar, the something that he made as the kind of capstone? Whereas he didn't make a thing. He actually created a space of time. Mm. The, that was his like crowning act of all of the things that he made was this space in time where we are to come away from what we normally do and what is expected and be together. Mm. Um, just And just on a side note, I guess one of the things that's an immediate correlation between Sabbath and marriage is um, the first day that Adam and Eve spent together as that one, as the Ihad, as we've said before, that the, the marriage union was a Sabbath day. That's right, which is very cool. And side note, Chapo and I got married on a Friday because we wanted to spend our first day together as man and wife creation styles like Adam and Eve because we thought that was a really cool yeah. ref- well, sort of reflection of what happened in Genesis. That's right. So that was the big reason. There was also the fact that we wanted um, to have the song Friday I'm in Love in our <laughs> wedding uh, ceremony, which could only happen on a Friday wedding. <laughs> but the main reason was, yes, that we wanted to have our first day together as a you know, as one, as the two have become one flesh on the Sabbath day, just like Adam and Eve did. Yeah. And it was cool. Side note. Cool, and fun side note. what a beautiful way after all the chaos and exhaustion and running around, you know, experience. Family drama. Yeah, of what a wedding day is to have the next day is oh, just at peace with one another, at peace with God and ceasing from all that stuff. Yeah. So, I guess Sabbath to the rest of the week is that, that exhale, that finally – oh, I've reached the end of it. I can just pause for a moment and restore and regroup and and just stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and God puts that in time because he knows that if he didn't give that to us, that we would just go and go and go and go like a little hamster on a wheel. That's right. Mm. So the idea and the actually idea from Scripture is the word Sabbath, and this is where I'm going to challenge you on the Sabbathing me specifically. Yes. Ah, oh, okay. Because the word Sabbath in Hebrew literally just means to cease. Oh. It means to stop. And ceasing would be a term. Yes. So Sabbathing can also be a term. Okay, yeah, I knew that in the Hebrew way, but I didn't put the two together do together and it made me frustrated in terms of my <laughs> understanding of the English language. But now that you put it that way, I can see how Sabbath-ing, yep. if you were Hebrewly minded, yep. could be a thing. Hebrewly minded. Yep. So, I've made up oh, this you've word made Hebrewly. up another word, Hebrewly. Yeah. So, I'm allowed to make up words <laughs> and you're not allowed to make up words. <laughs> right. But yeah, so that's the idea. So, so, the whole concept of Sabbath is that ability to stop, to cease the normal 
day-to-day activity and to be able to withdraw from that into a time of worship, a time of rest, a time of rejuvenation and renewal. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, we're going to have a break now. Yeah. And it's time for a break. After the break, we'll keep talking about what is Sabbath, the purpose of Sabbath, and applying Sabbath to your marriage. Yeah. Or Sabbathing, according to Chapo. Yeah. You knocked me down and dragged me out and left me there for dead. You took all the freedom I wanted and gave me something else instead. Blew my mind, it bled me dry and hit me like a long goodbye. Nobody here knows better than I. It's a good thing, love is a good thing It'll fall like rain on your parade Laugh at the plans that you tried to make Wear you down till your heart just breaks And it's a good thing, love is a good thing you up in the middle of the night it'll take just a little too much it'll burn you like a cinder till you're tender to the touch it'll chase you down and swallow you whole it'll make your blood run hot and cold like a thief in the night it'll steal your soul and that's a good thing love is a good thing it'll follow you down to the ruins of the great divide open the wounds that you Try to hide There in the rubble of the heart that died You'll find a good thing Cause love is a good thing Oh, love is a good thing Who take cover Faith FM and welcome back. You're listening to The Marriage Project where we talk about biblical wisdom for marriage and how it translates into real life. You're listening to Bethany. And Chapo. And I'm so glad that you're listening along with us if you've just joined us. Glad you've joined us too. Yeah. And what yeah. have we been talking about? We have been talking about Sabbath and the biblical idea of Sabbath and rest and how to incorporate that into your marriage. Okay. So I've got a bit of a cool quote here and... It is by a guy called Greg McEwen. Did I say that right? I think so. It's not spelt that way, but that's how you say it. Right. 
And he's written a book called Essentialism. It's not a Christian book, but I love this concept of what he's written here. He says, what if we stop celebrating being busy as a measurement of importance? What if instead we celebrated how much time we had spent listening, pondering, meditating, and enjoying time with the most important people in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. So in his book, his whole concept is basically what is essential in your life. We have so much stuff. We have so much busyness. Life is so full. What do we need to say no to? Yeah. Because we're saying yes to so many things that life is hectic right now. And look, it's a bit of a trend. I wouldn't say a trend, but it's maybe a need at the moment. Like there's a couple of books that I'm reading as well, like um, To Hell With The Hustle, um, like In Praise Of Slow, uh, Sub. Oh, what is it? Subversive Sabbath. Oh, I've only recently downloaded that, so I haven't read much of it yet. But it's all about the idea, and particularly coming from a Christian perspective, we shouldn't be glorifying the chaotic busyness that this world has thrust us into. You know, and it's okay to not just respond by saying, "How are you?" Oh, so busy. As mm. if that's a you get a pat on the back for it. Like mm. it's okay to say, "I'm good because I haven't been." You know, I haven't been too busy and mm. I've been spending a lot of time with my kids and I've been having nice walks with my wife holding hands on the beach or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And I guess if you're intentional and you're mindful, then you can actually create that list instead of just saying, I'm real busy. Yeah. When somebody asks you. I guess in a way, it's sort of doing with your time what minimalism does with your stuff. Yes. And cutting out all the things that you don't actually need or the things that are in excess or the things that you don't use. Um, it's that idea of, of creating less in your life and, and I guess creating a resistance to the hustle, the bustle and the fullness of the mad world that we live in. Yeah, because so often the the, the chaos that we're thrust into and just the, you know, our phones never stop beeping. Um, the, there's never... a a space where we're not running to the next thing and trying to prepare for the next thing, um, it can it can just really crowd out the things that are most important. You can get stuck in the, the busyness whirlpool, you know, that just sucks you down where you don't even have the time to contemplate what really matters. Am I actually putting time in the things that matter the most? What do I really value? Do I value the things that are consuming all my time or mm. not? And is this allowing me to invest in the things that matter most? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And so God already gave us that before any of this stuff came in, in in our popular culture where we started to get too busy and resist it. God actually, right from the foundation of creating the earth and humanity, put in place in the regular rhythm of the weekly cycle an opportunity in time and space for us to resist the busyness of life. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And he called that Sabbath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... First of all, let's talk about, well, what is Sabbath exactly? So, Sabbath is kind of adopting that sacred pace into your life, that slowness of connecting with God and connecting with others and saying yes to a spiritual way of life rather than just the doing and the busyness and the bustle that we get trapped into. Yeah. The idea of Sabbath is is that it becomes rhythmic. It becomes that, like, we live from Sabbath to Sabbath because we expect that time when we can slow down and withdraw and be mm. at peace with family and at peace with God before we have to go back out into life and do the other things. But it comes, a, it's a rhythm. It comes around every week and it's... we sort of organize our lives around that. Yeah, that's cool. So let's have a look in the Bible about Sabbath in the Bible and what it says. Oh, it's a good place right. to look about Sabbath. <laughs> Exodus chapter 20 
and verses 8 to 10 okay. is where you'll find the Ten Commandments in the Bible. Yep. So Exodus chapter 20 and verses 8 to 10. Do you want to look that one up, chat? I, I am on top of it. You are on top of yep. it. Awesome, awesome. All right. So... This is what it says. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your nor the stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it or made it holy, it would say in other translations. So, yeah. And if you're listening and you're thinking, what is the Ten Commandments? A little bit of a side note is that the Ten Commandments is a message from God written in God's actual finger that he gave to a prophet called Moses and he gave it to his people and it was a list of 10 things that he wanted them to live by in order to honour God and to honour one another and how to live well as his people. And uh, even as New Testament believers who are covered by the blood of Jesus for all of our sins, we still believe that those are an important part of how God wants us to live our lives. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, Another verse. Yo. Is the one in Mark chapter 2. Are you planning to read that? I've got it written down. Would you like me to read it? Yes, please. Okay. Mark chapter 2 and verse 27. Just let me scroll down a little because it is down further than I thought it was. Okay. Mark chapter 2 and verse 27. This is the words of Jesus. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Yeah. So I love that idea of when being questioned about how this special day that God made works. God, Jesus says it was created for humanity. It is a gift for humanity. God wanted people to have it. Yeah. He didn't want to enslave them with it. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. The, the whole idea is that this was supposed to be something that is a blessing for you. I didn't create the Sabbath first and then decided I've got to make some people so they can keep it. You know, he <laughs> created people first and then recognized these people need Sabbath in their life. They need the ability to stop and say no and pull back from everything that yeah, mm. consumes them. Mm. Um, it, you know, it's, it's funny. Like I was looking at a list of rules that some of the Jewish rabbis wrote about how to keep the Sabbath because they were so concerned about, well, exactly what can we do and what can't we do? And uh, so they created this list. And some of the things on the list was crazy, like you can't cut your fingernails on Sabbath. <laughs> you're not allowed to tie any knots on Sabbath. Bad luck if you're a pathfinder. Uh, you can't tie a knot. Um, camping. And, and you can't get, you can't cut your hair within, I think it was an hour of the, the, the Sabbath coming in on the Friday afternoon in case the scissors broke and you need to get them repaired. Um, but <laughs> just all these interesting, like, weird rules that they made as if it was all about the rules and less about the actually coming into a place of worship and a place of connection with God. <laughs> it makes me wonder what um, they cut their nails with for it to be work because, for me, like, the idea of, like, nail clippers doesn't seem like hard work or yeah. labor, laboring or cumbersome yeah. task. Like, so like yeah. an axe or something. Yeah. Or like one of those grinding <laughs> stones or something. <laughs> it's like, what force did they use yeah. to cut off their nails? Yeah. But even in Jerusalem today, um, the elevators are timed mm-hmm. so that you don't have to press a button to, because um, that's considered work. Um, the 
the little man, the green man that comes on when you want to cross the road. Around, yeah. That's all timed. Light switches are timed, so you don't have to um, turn a light switch on because that would be considered work as well and a lot of stuff like that. So sometimes in our humanness we get caught up in the work component of it and trying not to break that rule. Yeah. But the reality is that God's given it to us as a gift for stopping, for restoration, for connection. Yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with avoiding all these things that are work. But if the mo- as long as the motivation is because God has given me a gift and I want to make the most of this gift, yeah. as opposed to ticking off all these things to make sure that I'm yeah. keeping the Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. And motivation is super important. That's right. Yeah. Look, there's a, a bit more we need to talk about, and also we need to actually get onto the the real meat of it, which is how does this actually apply to the marriage context? As <laughs> you know, we've just been talking about what the Sabbath is, uh, and we need to transition into that. It feels like but a whole other Bible study. We need to take a break. All right. All right. Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo, and we have been talking this afternoon about the idea of Sabbath and what Sabbath is in the Bible, and soon we're going to transition into how Sabbath relates to a marriage and what maybe how we could incorporate some of these ideas about Sabbathing into our married relationship. So, just before we do, just a bit of a recap on what the purpose of Sabbath is. So, Sabbath, in essence, the word Sabbath literally means to cease, to stop. Yeah. And as a result of stopping, the Bible says you experience rest. And the word rest is the Hebrew word nuach, but it's it's a very special kind of rest that can only be achieved by stopping. Mm. So, you stop, and as a result of stopping, you experience this refreshing experience of this deep rest. So, it's about restoring your soul spiritually and, you know, physically to, to mm. have a, actually have a rest and rejuvenate, but also your connection with God and your connection with the people that you love. So, okay. so, that, so the, the rest and the restoration is achieved through the stopping. Yes. I like that. That's really cool because we live in a world where we know how to have recreation. We know how to have downtime, but I don't know if we always know how to rest. Yes. And we certainly often don't know how to be restored. And we go through life living in this really depleted state often because we don't experience those cycles of rest in our life that God wants us to experience. And is the stopping that we're doing even restorative? Mm. Like often, you know, how often do you go and have a break, but you're just sort of lying on the couch, scrolling through Instagram mindlessly. Yeah, TV watching isn't really restorative. It's just sort of dead brain time, but it's not really a restorative practice. Yeah, I agree. So, There's this whole bigger idea of what Sabbath is as well, and it's all throughout the Bible. It's bigger than just the weekly Sabbath. So, the weekly Sabbath is probably the most common understanding of what Sabbath is, but there was another seven festivals that were called high Sabbaths that would happen throughout the Jewish calendar. There were seven of them that happened every year. There was also the idea, which is, I think, a really cool idea, which was the Sabbath of the land. And every seventh year, the the idea was that the Jewish people were instructed to give their land a break. Yes. Don't harvest it, don't plough it, don't plant in it, just let the land restore and have a year to just be dirt and they, <laughs> not have to do anything. And to forgive the debts of somebody who owed you money Ooh. and to liberate slaves who had been that's the year of you Jubilee. because they couldn't afford to. Okay. That's the year of Jubilee. So, there was the, um, oh, what's it called, the Shammat, I think, but it's the, so there was this, 
sabbatical years, which was every seven years you would give the land a rest and there would be no farming done on the land. Every seven of those, so it was every 49 years, so seven lots of seven, mm-hmm. which is what they called the year of Jubilee. And so that was like twice in a century. You had this incredible mega Sabbath. And the idea was that in that year, you would forgive all your debts. Uh, if you had bought or sold land to someone else, they got it all back. Uh, basically, it was just this big celebration and releasing everyone one of any debt that they had. Wow. I'm just thinking about the time span of that. So you would be like, that would be really amazing to live through one of those in your lifetime. If you're a Jewish person, if they're only coming around every 50 years, like you may not have experienced one or your parents may not have experienced one, but maybe your grandparents did or depending on life expectancy in that time period too. Yeah. Yeah. It was all about justice and about Mm. releasing people from burdens that they had upon them. So, this whole rhythm of seven, the weekly Sabbath, yearly Sabbaths, the the, um, the sabbatical years, the every seven year and then the year of Jubilee, it's this bigger idea of what Sabbath is. It's about releasing and taking shackles off and and ceasing from things that burden you. Yeah. And the bigger idea that Everything that we own ultimately belongs to God. Yeah. He is the owner of the land, of the people in it, of the animals. And so we return that to him in that time period as well. That's right. Yeah, that's cool. So, so marriage. Marriage, yes. How on earth does this whole idea of Sabbath in its either smallest form or biggest form relate to you and I living together in this home? Okay, so one of the things that I'm thinking is that a lot of our identity is caught up in what we do as human creatures. Okay. This happens to us a lot. So, a lot of the time um, we find this in particular in retirement. A lot of us who've established a career and who have done a certain thing and been known as a certain type of person for their whole lives in a certain industry, we get to retirement and we go, shivers, I don't know what to call myself oh, who am I? am I who am, who I, am now? I now in this period of time um another one of those identity crises I know that I went through was when I first became a mother and I was trying to figure out okay am I still Bethany even though now I'm a mother and I've never been a mother before but I have to be a mother because I have this little baby and it's a huge shift of of identity crisis I guess right because you similar, do different things. Yeah, and similar to what you go through, like when you're a teenager, you've got all those lovely hormones and your body's changing and it's it's awkward and strange and new. And um, we go through periods of time in our lives where we have these identity crises where yeah. we change. And I think that God really understood us that we would get caught up in what we do and it didn't matter what we did, that we'd still want to put those labels on ourselves and we want to own them and we want want to be something. Okay, so what's this got to do with... <laughs> with your marriage? With your marriage. So, marriage is a husband and a wife in the traditional Christian perspective and so many times we come to being married people with these roles that we put on of I am a wife, you are a husband right. and that can be really confronting. Um, that can be really confronting when you'd never been that person before and then all of a sudden you're not you, you're a wife. You're not you, you're a husband. Right. And, and depending on your family of origin, depending on your culture, depending on um, influences around you and other people that you've seen, you've already got in the back of your mind right from childhood this picture that you've been building of what it means to be a wife or a husband. Okay. And then you come into marriage with all of that 
expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is huge. Yeah. And that can actually be something that, that leads to, um, disillusionment and dissatisfaction in couples because they feel lost. They feel like I've lost myself in this space, in this marriage. Who am I anymore now that I'm, now that I'm a spouse? Is it the other way as well? Like, could Which it be that in, in the sense that like you might have a expectation of what the identity of your husband should be? And then you come into, you know, then you get married and they become your husband, but they're not living up to your expectation of what you believe a husband should be or vice versa. Yes. Is that so, playing to it yeah, as well? Yeah. And there's been studies into, um, marital satisfaction and it seems that it doesn't matter whether you have a imbalanced view where there's like a, a more powerful spouse and a less powerful spouse or whether you have an egalitarian view where there's two equal spouses. Yeah. If both partners agree that that's how the relationship works, the relationship works. But if you've got one per- partner who says, this is what a husband is supposed to do, and the other partner says, no, that is not what a husband is supposed to do, that's right. where you get that gridlock and that, that, tension. that tension because you don't have a level playing field of okay. understanding. Yeah. Right. So, I thought that was really fascinating because yeah. it didn't matter whether you had that power imbalance or the same level playing field. It was about the agreement between the couple and what they, they decided was yeah. normal for okay. them. Yeah. So- you got this idea yeah. that you've just shared. So, it can be a, a daunting and confronting experience to become a married person and then you have a, an identity shift because you are now not just who you were, but you're also somebody's wife. What has this got to do with Sabbath? Well, the other thing is that not only do we have identity and when we have Sabbath, God says, you are not your identity. You are mine. You are my child. I love you. You are not the things that you do. You are the thing that you are and the thing that I've created you to be. Yeah. Not, you mean not the title. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We're not the list of titles that we have or the labels that we have upon ourselves. The other thing that Sabbath gives us rest from is work. And let's be honest, building a life together is hard work. It's a big yeah. responsibility. Yep. Um, whether or not you have children in that equation, although the, the more children that you add to that equation, the bigger the responsibility becomes. Yep. But even just um, life admin and you know, oh, taking care of bills, yeah. taking care of income. Getting your tax done, <laughs> managing the budget, m- making sure the lawn's mowed. If Who you own takes your own, the trash out? Yeah, if you own your own home, all the different repairs and things that break, um, washing clothes, washing dishes, cooking, it can just be huge. And like like you said, if you've got kids, it becomes all that much bigger. Like how many loads of washing do we do every day, do you think? Minimum one. Minimum one. Yeah, maximum. depending. Oh, maximum. It depends if somebody's <laughs> wet the bed or not, honestly. Um, But, yeah, there's work in and responsibility in building a life together. And every now and again, you need a break from that. And I think as a couple too, you need a break from from those responsibilities and that stress and the burden of it to be able to go, hey, take all of that away and this is the person that I fell in love with. This is the person that I have committed to spending my time with. This is the person that... I enjoy and I choose to have in my life. Yeah. And sometimes when we get tangled up in whose turn it is to do the dishes, then we forget all of the goodness of our relationship and our connection to one another. Okay. Mm. Yeah. All right. Look, we've got more to talk to in this space. Yep. And we've also just recently had a marriage Sabbath. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I better clarify, having a Sabbath from marriage doesn't mean <laughs> that you have a break from being married. <laughs> It's a, you have a bro- vacation. A bro- yeah, it's a break from the responsibilities that um, can sometimes, yeah, just 
maybe be strangling a marriage in some ways as well. But anyway, we're going to come back to that soon. We're going to take a quick break and, um, yeah, try to dig myself out of this hole I've just dug myself into. (laughs) All right.
for an easy way to share a program with a friend? Tell them about the free Faith FM app where they can easily listen to hundreds of programs and podcasts. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo. And we've been talking about Sabbath and the biblical idea of rest and restoration and how that applies to your married life. Now, Chapo started talking about not having a vacation from being a married person, not like leaving your wedding ring on the dresser (laughs) and then coming back a week later. We do not promote that in any way. What are we talking about? And what have we recently just done to create Sabbath in our marriage? Sure. And, and I guess this is partly why we wanted to address this issue is because we've just had a great experience. So, right. talking about the concept of, you know, this ceasing and resting from your work and how you can apply that to your marriage life. We talked about all the different work that is involved in being this married team, the just the tasks, the responsibilities, the things that have to get dealt with. So, just this past weekend- we mm-hmm. had a bit of a getaway. We, we tried did. To, yeah, it's a bit of a revival weekend. And we try to do this once a year where we have someone come and take our kids. So, my brother and his wife came and stayed at our house and looked after our kids for two nights. And we went to the Hunter Valley and just experienced being married people mm. without all of the responsibilities, without uh, loads of washing that needed to be done, meals that needed to be cooked for people, uh, drinks that someone asked for or snacks that they asked for or messes that they've cleaned up. or Coming and going, work distractions. Yeah, all of that. Um, yeah. So, marriage without the distraction, I guess, That's is right. what it's called when you take that time And out. responsibility. Yes. And it was a break. It was a, it's just a little window, but it was that idea of ceasing, that Sabbath thing, experience the... Just the restorative nature of just being two people who are in love without all of the stuff around us that, yeah, that pulls us away. And it was really great. Yeah. And it's super important to, we've talked in the past about date nights, but it's super important to even take that bigger chunk of time to invest in your marriage and to invest in knowing one another as people and as what they like, what they're interested in, um, some of their goals and thoughts about the future. Like I was asking you, um, you know, where do you see yourself as a retired person? What kind of old man do you think you're going to be? And those are the kinds of conversations that we don't have in the space of an ordinary day. Yeah. Um, There's just too much noise. Yes. (laughs) And they're super – if you ever want to um, ask some of those questions or get into some of those really deep and bizarre understanding your partner and the things that you don't normally come up in everyday life – Gottman card decks. You can get an app on your phone or you can just Google Gottman card decks and they actually have a list of all these really amazing and strange questions that you can ask. You know, what was your dog called that you first ever had as a pet or, you know, those sorts of questions. Yeah, just things you might not have ever shared with each other, but you really connect. You you get really close through those sorts of questions. Yes. Yeah. And John Gottman calls it building your love map as a couple. And it's that idea of... um, you know, understanding who your partner is internally and what's important to them, what they value, what sparks them, the things that make them sad, the things that are part of their history and their memories and and the things that are their hopes and their future and their dreams. And all of that builds a picture inside your mind of what your partner's inner world is like. And yeah. it's really important to have that, especially when you go through times of conflict, times of difficulty, and times of challenge. Yeah. Mm. So, the, the, not everyone can, I guess, afford the opportunity that we had to be able to go away for a couple of nights without 
taking our children with us, you know, yes. either financially or- And to be honest, it was gifted to us. So, we, it was very generous. It was very generous, yeah. yeah. So, um, that was great. But even just with the, you know, available babysitters or people that you are comfortable leaving your kids with and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the only thing you can do to embrace this idea of Sabbathing in your marriage, like pressing pause on everything else so that you can focus on peaceful, restorative togetherness. As yeah. a married couple, what are some of the other things you can do? Yeah, so you can definitely put that weekly Sabbath practice into your family life and into your home life. So you can, you know, of a Saturday, you can cancel those appointments, those commitments, those outings, events, social, um, sporting, those sorts of things. And you can say, hey, I'm going to practice my time with God and my time with my family on this one day a week that I've set aside. And yes, your children are going to be there also, but you're investing in that relationship and that connection and you're putting aside all of your work commitments and your social commitments and your other commitments so that you have that space yeah, of time. Yeah, like the, the actual seven-day yeah, Sabbath. Yeah, actual seven-day and, Sabbath. And, and keeping it as the Bible called us to keep it is actually something that is very beneficial to your family life and your married life. Yeah, and yeah. also to your mind and your creativity and all the beautiful things that oh, happen for you as a person. If we wanted to talk about all the different benefits that Sabbath brings into your life, that would be a whole different conversation. But, yeah. Definitely just in itself, it's something that benefits your family. Yeah, and date nights is something that is definitely one of those things that you can do that puts pause on everything else. Um, You know, putting away the the last end of the day email that you've got to get done and saying, hey, you know, I'm intentionally devoting this time and space as an appointment to you, my spouse, and nobody else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's it's that intentional time as well because, like, we fall into the trap particularly because life can be so busy and the things that you're busy with are brain taxing. Like it's all brain work Mm. that like, let's be honest, a lot of the time it gets to the end of the day and all we want to do is switch our brains off, put an episode of something on the TV and sort of sit there together and yeah, be brain dead. Um, And although that's peaceful, it's not restorative and it's not, it doesn't build connection. Yeah. And I find at the end of the day, yeah, it's either that zoning out or, it's doing chores or it's catching up on that little bit of email or admin work stuff that something went AWOL in the middle of the day and we, yeah. we changed the plan. So, then I'm up late at night doing stuff on my laptop. So, those aren't things that are investing in our relationship at all. Yeah. Um, it all comes back to that intentionality idea that just keeps on coming up the more we have these discussions. That's right. And I'm going to I'm gonna level with you as a mum of three little kids, the to-do list in my life is never fully checked off, Yeah. never fully checked off, but I can choose to put down the to-do list and to look at the man that I married and to say, hey, this is a moment that we can have between us that doesn't involve the rest of the things that are in the back of my mind. And ladies, I know that that's really hard to do. And sometimes I've even had to physically get out a pen and paper and write it down so that it's not on my mind anymore so that I can be present with you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, you are most welcome. Oh, cool. Um, so, what else? So, family Sabbath. Yeah, we talked about that. We did. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about date nights. What about um, self-care? Okay. Yeah. I really believe that having little moments where um, you can look after yourself, so whether it's investing in time away from your marriage with a group of girlfriends or a group of guy friends where you get to hang out, have a cuppa, have a chat, um, whether it's 
taking time to to read a book or to have a relaxing bath or to go and get a massage or whatever it is that um, is available that you can do. That inv- exercise is a huge one. Um, going out for a walk on your own. Go Those- fishing. Oh, you love fishing. Go, That's your one, isn't go it? Go some donuts. See, some somewhere doing donuts in the car. Yeah. Oh, see, these didn't even pop up in my mind as possible <laughs> self-care opportunities. And that's it. Different people have different things that help them feel more whole as a person, restored as a person, and doing that on an individual level benefits your marriage and your family. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, look, and this is a, a whole conversation that we need to have at some point, but talking about mental health in marriage. Yes. Um, the the best you can make yourself always benefits your marriage. Like mm. like for me, I know to keep on top of my mental health and to do the things I need to do that create positive outcomes makes our marriage better. So it's it's really important to invest in those different things that are self care isn't selfishness. They're, they're two different things. Yeah. Um. And but it can feel selfish sometimes, especially if you're a, a person who's a giver. Yeah. Yeah. Or got a hero complex or something like <laughs> yeah. that. But it can self care yeah. can feel like selfishness, but it's not. Yeah, I just want to remind you, Jesus Christ is the actual saviour of the world and not you. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I can't put down my to-do list, God wants us to do that so that we can remember he's the saviour of the world. He's the one who's got everything in control. He's the one who holds everything in the palm of his hand and the world is not going to stop turning if we don't do that one thing yeah. that's still on our list. The other thing, just before we take a break, is spiritual connection. Absolutely. Yeah. And the idea of, I guess, being to- together, like as a married couple and trying to reach out to God and be connected to God. And even if it's as simple as just, you know, doing some devotions together, watching The Chosen together, which we are big fans of. That if, was fun. If you haven't ever yeah. seen that series. Um, praying together. Praying together. Leading your children and talking to them about scripture and talking to them about the Bible and and telling them Bible stories as well and singing songs together and even just your very own time with God understanding scripture and praying is super important. I'm a better wife when I spend time with God. I'm kinder, I'm more patient and I'm more restored because I've spent time with God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And same for me too. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Mm -hmm. We'll be back very soon. Alas and my Saviour bleed Did my sovereign die Would he devote That sacred head Someone such as I At the cross, at the cross Where I first saw light The burden of my heart rolled away And it was there by faith
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project. And if you've just tuned in with us, we've been talking about Sabbath. We've been talking about rest and restoration in your marriage. And I wanted to just tell you for a moment a story that just came to mind for me from mine and Chapo's marriage. And I hope it's okay with you, Chapo, if I share it. I sort of okayed it with you, but you don't really know what I'm going to say. So. When we were newlyweds, my sister paid for a beautiful honeymoon for us to go to Thailand. Yeah. The thing was that our wedding was insanely, insanely just rushed. Not that we didn't take the time to think about if we wanted to get married, but that the only possible weekend that we could be married was right after you graduated, which was after your birthday, which was a couple of weeks before Christmas because it was the time frame that I could get off of work and that you could get off of uni and it was super, super stressful. Yeah, it was all within the one week I graduated from college. I had a birthday a couple of days later and then, yeah, on the Friday we were were married. Yes. And so going on our honeymoon was just a beautiful time of connection and of stopping and of resting after the absolute chaos of of the lead up to the wedding that we'd had, but also a year we did um, our whole engagement. We did long distance. Yeah. So it was just a relief to finally be together. But I want to put it to you that we wasted potentially a fair chunk of our honeymoon on things that weren't valuable to our honeymoon and to our relationship together. And we actually didn't start having fun until the last couple of days of our honeymoon. So the first little while of our honeymoon, we were trying to figure out the place and what was where and we were going on adventures. We also realized that we had a friend who was from Australia who was in the country at the same time as us. So we caught up with him. We went for some walks. We went to some markets. We went on some adventures. I think we randomly... Saw pictures on Facebook of him yeah, in the yeah. same place we were at. And we were yeah. like, what on earth? Yeah. That's right. Um, and then we also did a whole bunch of, we realized once we got there that we hadn't done any Christmas shopping. That's right. And because we, were, we just had our wedding. And we were arriving back in Australia on Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. So yes. we realized that, oh, we've got to buy everyone's Christmas presents while we're here. So we spent like the first several days of our honeymoon Shopping, And if you've ever been shopping in Thailand, it's not just going into a store and paying the money that is the price on the item. It's yeah. bargaining, it's hustling, it's hot, it's trying to not get pickpocketed in the street while you're bargaining with the person in the alleyway, and it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and we did all of that stuff, but we were staying in the most beautiful resort that my sister had paid for. Yeah, we were staying in this place with a pool that we barely, barely spent time getting into, um, with a beautiful restaurant that we only went to for the breakfast and things like that. So we could have stayed put and we could have really invested into that time, but because we had all these other things that we didn't say no to or that we didn't put a pause on, that we missed out, we robbed ourselves in that opportunity. Yeah. It wasn't until like the second last day that we realised that there was a really cute beach right nearby. and well, right on the the. the- back door of our resort, as well as all the cooking, Thai cooking classes we could have done at the place where we're staying. Like, it was all these great things, and we realised, oh, we've ruined this. Oh, and also when we first got there, we let um, some random lady who was a tour guide sell us a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't really want to do that took up a bunch of time. We were suckers, yeah. We We were like total newbies at going overseas, and we had no idea. And And I guess the moral of the story is that sometimes you can sell something that's already really valuable 
because you've sold your time. Yes. And God has given us the gift of time, and it's the one thing that we cannot get back ever once it's all used up. And so it's super important that with that gift of time that we honour that gift by being intentional with the way in which we use it. Something I, I say this often, you would have heard me say it, but everything you say yes to is a no to something else. Mm. And so when I'm talking with usually blokes um, about how they're, you know, functioning in their family, and particularly if they're super busy and they're always out doing things for other people, every time you say yes to someone else, you're saying no to your kids. Every time mm-hmm. you say, yes, I'm going to go and do that thing that night, you're saying no to being at home for bedtime and story time and that, that kind of stuff. Like everything you say yes to, you have to acknowledge is a no to something else. So then it becomes a bit easier to weigh up what you actually want to commit to. And if we'd been thinking that way, way back on our honeymoon that everything mm. we were saying yes to, if we'd actually weighed up what we're saying no to by saying yes to those things, we might have had a, a different experience. And, mm. yeah. That's and- right. And I love that idea that that when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else because by saying yes to hanging out with that friend, which seemed like a really cool, fun thing, and we did have a great time, by saying yes to all those really random little tours that that lady signed us up to, by saying yes to doing all of our Christmas shopping, we were saying no to enjoying the time, the space, and the moment that we were in and that we'd spent the money to be in that place for as well. Well, I remember – well. It wasn't that long ago when we celebrated our 10th anniversary. So, mm. you know, what, eight months ago now, last yes, December. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, we wanted to have a party. We'd always talked about having a big party for our 10-year anniversary. And the closer it got, the harder it got to find a time that it work. And then it became, oh, who do we invite? And who's going to be offended if you don't invite them? And then we realized that this was probably just going to be another thing that we put all this time and effort in for other people. And so that they have a good time. And at the end, we just said, well, let's just not do any of that. And we booked a couple of nights away and we had the best time just not having to worry about anyone else but ourselves. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and as a, I guess as a um, disclaimer for that, like it's not saying that don't, be a person who is generous or who is giving or who does things for others because we do that so many different times in our work life, in our daily living as Christian people. But it's recognising that there is a time for these things and there is a time for others and we need to invest wisely because our marriages, uh, God wants them to last a lifetime. God wants them to carry us through the difficulty and the joy of the human experience until we are old people. Yeah, and just like the practice of Sabbath keeps your faith in good shape, do you know what I mean? If you actually take that time to disconnect and to rest and to worship and to expect to encounter God in that time, it is good for your faith, it's good for your body, it's good for your health, it's good for so many things. Being able to press pause on other things and focus just on us is something that is going to create more longevity and more health and it's a good thing. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. And so I think it's really important to to be intentional in the way that we do things and in the things that we choose to put into our lives and into our marriages. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that, that there, there's so many other things that society tells us are important and are, are necessary, but it's not until it's too late that a lot oftentimes we are told that our marriage is important. But we need to start early 
on investing in our marriage and on building our marriage. So if you're struggling or if you even just want to build your marriage, seek outside help. Go to a beautiful Christian marriage counsellor. Um, I highly recommend, even though they're not always Christian, Gottman therapists are really wonderful for helping you to create understanding and to grow that bond between you and your partner. Yeah. Or even if you can't afford it and you have a local church nearby to you, a lot of pastors will sit with you and help you have a conversation with your spouse for free. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of pastors will actually do that if you're connected to a local congregation. Um, I know that's something that a lot of Adventist churches offer because we work as part of the Adventist church, but I know that other denominations are helpful in that area as well. If you need pastoral support in your marriage, that's a a good place to start. Look up on the internet, your town and, you know, whatever local church is there, and I'm sure they'd be very willing to come and spend time with you. I sure would. Yeah. Even if it's just to pray and to chat and to talk about the things that are hard. And and then possibly maybe even point in the right direction for, you know, where you could get some better help for the situation. Yeah, and I can't emphasize enough the need to start early on that because um, there are so many things that are thrown into our lives that are designed to just rob us of a healthy, beautiful, growing, thriving marriage. And if we don't be intentional about how we spend ourselves, our time, and ultimately our marriage and our relationship, then suddenly we find ourselves drifting away from the person that we started out loving. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, we need to wrap this up. Yes. Um, Next week, I'm sure we'll be able to actually do the review of the date night in a box. Oh, yeah. We didn't. (laughs) Well, particularly because this is our seventh, you know, time with you, with the marriage project, we wanted to make the most of how important seven is and you know how sabbath can relate to marriage so that will be next week we'll do a review on the marriage in a box looking forward to it it's been great to be with you once again thanks for spending your afternoon with us thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week